What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And if this is your first time here, welcome. I'm so grateful for your support. I'm so grateful for your presence. And in case you weren't aware, Thrive is an acronym that stands for thoughts, habits, relationships, intention, vitality, and embodiment. And this is an acronym that I created to really create a framework to teach you the things that we never learned in school. And my intention with this podcast is to bring on world-renowned guests to break down their success, their breakthroughs, their obstacles that they've overcome to create massive amounts of success, health, and wealth in their life. So I'm so grateful that you're here. And now let's get to today's episode. But before we start with today's episode, I wanted to make an announcement that I'm so excited about. I just launched my Magic of Microdosing free course. This free course has over 10 videos where I really break down the neuroscience of microdosing and talk about how this medicine can potentially lead to massive transformation and healing in your life. So if you've been curious about implementing this medicine, this is a great resource for you to tap into. And again, it's 100% free. So make sure to visit the website magicofmicrodosing.com or just hit the link in the show notes below. Much love, y'all. I am so excited for you to hear today's conversation with the one and only Kimberly Kong. And Kim is one of my good friends here in Miami. And she's just a really interesting human. She's an aerial artist. She spins fire. She dances exotically at different clubs in Miami. She just does a lot of cool shit. And I just think it's really cool how she's able to express herself very authentically. And that's why I wanted to bring her on the podcast. And I didn't expect this, but we talked about a lot of things we've never even touched on before in the three or four years of this podcast. We talked about sex parties. We talked about polygamy, polyamory, polyamory, however you say that fucking word. But it was a really interesting, mind-blowing conversation. And yeah, this is the first of nine podcasts that I did with local friends in Miami that I just wanted to give a platform to, to share their story. And I think you're really going to be touched by Kim's story because she grew up in an Asian background where a lot of her, you know, feelings, emotions, expression was suppressed. And the way that she's kind of grown through that and broken through some of those barriers is really inspiring. So without further ado, here's the podcast with Kim Kong. All right. We are back. Thrive University podcast. Let's fucking go. I got the one and only Kimberly Kong. Kim Kong. And that's your real name, right? That's my real name. I get it from my papa. That's kind of wild. <laughs> Who is Kim Kong? Like in under 45 seconds, how would you describe yourself? Kim Kong is a dazzling performer who captivates her audience through her authenticity and confidence. She's fearless. She's super sensual and she's not afraid of that. And she encourages other women to step into that space by simply being herself and she guides others. Wow, that is a powerful intro. <laughs> That's lit, that's super dope. You put wow. me on the spot, man. I'm like, ah, this is who I am. 
You fucking <laughs> crushed it. No, you crushed it. So there's a lot of different directions we can go. One of the things that I think is really cool about just kind of observing you and experiencing your energy is like you mentioned like that confidence and just being yourself and expressing yourself fully. And it's interesting because you're Asian and there's not a lot of Asian women or men that I see really like expressing themselves in the sensual way that you do. So I'm curious to know, like, why do you think that is? And then how are you able to kind of step into this creative side of yourself? Definitely cultural. Um, it's definitely a cultural thing traditionally. And the way that I step into this space of sensuality outspokenly and the confidence to just take on what I want to do and do it. Uh, number one, I would say I am the first generation of my family born in this country. And even me doing what I do growing up, it's not like it came with effortless ease with them. Uh, my family still, they would always question and be worried, generally worried when I started performing, like, well, what are you going to do next after that with your body? And, you know, the things that I wear and even things like I would work these body paint gigs where mm. essentially I'm just in my underwear and pasties. My boobs are out, but I'm body painted. And I had to hide that from them because I didn't want to stop that. I always wanted to fulfill my desires and what I wanted to do and not be repressed of that. Now, it was a hard conversation when my mom somehow found a photo. <laughs> that was hard. And then a photo of what? Of me in body paint with my titties out. How old were you when that happened? I was 22 years old. <laughs> okay. And what did that conversation go like? She was so scared and worried and disappointed. But the long run of it all was she was just worried that I wouldn't find a man that wanted to marry me mm. because we don't do that. She's from Malaysia. Like, we don't do that there. I'm here in Miami. We are the sexiest city in America. And here it's an actual specialty. It's a service. It's a thing to be a body paint model. People want to paint their logos on us. It's an American totally American Miami thing. And I had to just be calm and empathize with her feelings and understand that this isn't coming from a place of dis it's not coming from a place that she doesn't love me or anything like that. It's coming because of where she was raised and she's just, a sh it comes from that guilt and shame that's in our family with it. And I had to explain to her, you know, I understand how this looks on the outside, but understand that this is part of my job and it's a real job. It may be different in Malaysia. It may probably be different in small suburban cities here. I couldn't imagine it happening in Wisconsin or something, <laughs> <laughs> but in Miami, it's a thing that we do. Right. Like it's, it's part of the profession of being a performer, a model. It's part of the entertainment industry. For sure. Yeah. And where where are they where you're where are you and your mom at now? Like are they much more accepting and like I can understand. Like I, I, I have many Asian friends. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt myself, but like growing up in San Francisco area, you know, many of my friends were Asian, whether it was like from Taiwan or Filipino. Um and that was like a common theme that we always connected on growing up Jewish is like, mm. we were always hammered 
to do well in school, to follow the rules, to be a doctor, a lawyer, accountant, something safe, something secure. And you definitely did not follow those rules, Kim Kong. You are a fucking rebel. <laughs> That's I am. I am a rebel who loved to sneak out of her house and hang out with cute boys. <laughs> so when, when did you start to feel those different sensual urges or those desires to express yourself in certain ways that maybe you didn't feel comfortable doing because of your background? I have been feeling these sensual desires and even just sensual movement through dance since for as long as I can remember, I started feeling sensual desires when I was eight or nine. And that's when I started exploring touching myself. And then in middle school, it progressed to movement, high school, even deeper in, but I didn't tap fully into it because I'm still living with mom. I'm still living right. with family. It wasn't until I moved out and I got to college that I was in the space of, wow, I have total freedom. There's no one watching me. I can do whatever I want. I can take this pole class. I can take this sensual dancing class, aerial class, and I can explore that. But I, I definitely remember being in middle school, learning to just take naked photos of myself already. Mm. <laughs> wow. Did you, did, you, uh, did you go crazy in college? I wouldn't say I went like, batshit crazy, you know, um, it always kind of progress in moderation. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like everything just unleash. It was always something that I started learning more and more of. And as I explored it on my own, I would find myself in accepting communities, my friends that were very supportive of it. Mm. Yeah. So what did that look like? To be in a supportive community of friends. Well, like or, you said friend, like friends who are exploring themselves too. As in friends that supported me in exploring that. Okay. Yeah. And they would want to join. Let's say, and when I started taking pole classes, got it, got they it, wanted got to it. join. Okay. I thought you yeah. guys were just like getting in a circle, like all fingers. <laughs> I'm, like, no. I'm like, oh, this is an interesting community. I <laughs> definitely did not know of one of those at my college. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it, Kim Kong. You're killing my dreams. <laughs> killing them. Anyways. Okay, so you were able to kind of surround yourself with a like-minded community um, that was also into like exploring the depths of their body and their movement. And it's really fucking dope, like what you do. It's really cool. And I feel like there's so many women who want to do what you do. They want to be able to dance the way you dance. They want to be able to express themselves the way you express yourself but they're too scared, right? Like, yeah. what would you say to a girl in that position who's just struggling to step into like her full authenticity and express her divine feminine? What would I say to a girl who really wanted to step into her full authenticity and express her divine feminine, but she was too scared to? You know, the first thing that comes naturally to this mind is, of course, is the things that we know, which is learning how to remove those energy mental blocks of ourselves and learning that it's okay. But in order to know that it's okay, 
is to have people around, is to have a space and to find that space that you feel safe because it all comes to feeling safe and doing that. Number one, yeah. if you, if you're nervous or scared to do it, that comes from a place of feeling guilt, fear, and shame. However, that you were raised with, whether it's from your peers, your family, your past ex-boyfriends, girlfriends, being scared of is because it was repressed when you were growing up. So stepping into it now is really finding that space where you feel safe, whether one, finding it for yourself or finding a community, whether it's your current community and feeling, taking that step to feel safe and expressing to them that this is how you want to start exploring. Or if they are not supportive of that, then find a new community. Yeah. And that's it. hard for people, right? It can be hard for people. Yeah. I can imagine, especially if you're in a small town. But with social media now, you can make so many friends online yeah. or even just start start following the people who are doing that. Who inspire you. Yeah. There's courses out on that now even. So what about what about also like on the opposite side of the spectrum? Mm-hmm. Right. We live in a world where there's many women who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars every month on OnlyFans and they're really sharing their body in a very open way. What are your thoughts on that? And the message that it sends to young girls, young women. I think it's in how you do and how it's perceived of it. Like all to the women and how they are getting their bag, doing that. Um, For it to reach out to the younger girls, I think that kind of goes into how much they are, how much freedom they have to be able to get to that point of seeing it and how their parents are raising them. Because you can't control what your child or daughter sees on social media. And if you repress that from them, it only makes them want to explore it more. But as a parent, if you can sit down with them and accept that this is what they're looking at and exploring, have that conversation on, hey, yeah, this is an avenue of things, but here's also another way to do things. I personally have a subscription plot base for myself. It's not an OnlyFans, it's a honey drip. But I do it in a way where that's where I have my photo shoots and my lingerie or just doesn't even have to be lingerie. It could be be me in a beautiful dress or behind the scenes of me performing, but it's content that I wouldn't put on my social media. And it's just special. Yeah. That honey. It's special. I need some some maple syrup. (laughs) Spread it. (laughs) That's dope. That's dope. And like, I agree. Uh, I I think it's like, I, I personally wouldn't want my daughter to aspire to be an OnlyFans model and dedicate her life and career to becoming that. That's just me. But like, by no means do I look down at anyone who is using these different social platforms to make lots of money, right? Yeah. And like, listen, if you have a beautiful body and you're proud of that body and you worked hard for that body, you should feel confident in sharing that. And there shouldn't be... It, it, unfortunately, I think there's always people just, that'll just shit on that and be like, 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 fuck that. She's a hoe. She's a slut, whatever. That might be true. But like, honestly, it's her fucking life. Like, let her do and, her. 
it's her life and she fully loves herself and accepts herself as that when i see fully someone secure in it when i see someone like you dance and express yourself i can tell right away that you have done a lot of inner work to remove some of the emotional wounds and traumas and subconscious programming from your life because you're able to move so freely, right? And we've all seen those people who are like at the club, whether it's a man or a woman, and like they're just so awkward and uncomfortable dancing. Like like they're just like, you can tell they're suppressed. Yeah. And they just need to numb themselves with alcohol so they can hopefully start moving. So how how I'm I'm just curious because it's it's incredible like to have that level of just like openness and so what would you say is like the biggest trauma or emotional wound or obstacle that you feel like you've overcome to kind of be in the space you are now? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um one of my biggest obstacles that I've overcome, I would say there was a point where I had an ex-boyfriend that Two, actually, two of my last committed relationships. One of them was when I started getting into the space of performing that first accepted me and I was doing it. But later on in the relationship, he didn't accept it anymore. And then I felt a lot of shame and guilt through that. And it was hard for me to fully, fully, fully submerse into what I wanted to be and do as a performer even. Because it's not just the sensual side of it. It's just owning that in yeah. yourself the having the confidence and the mentality of like, yeah, I can do that. I can fly myself up 50 feet in the air and twirl around. I can touch myself with fire. I can do that too. And I had to leave that relationship and take, it took time to heal through that. The next relationship after same thing. But at that time, I was already in the industry for about two years, I would say. And I, after that relationship ended, I honestly will say that it took a good one or two years for me to step back fully into that embodiment of the divine feminine in myself, because I would notice how remnants of that wound would trace into my movements. Even if I took a class, I could see that I was holding back. I was holding back my movements, whether it was something like moving my hips in a circle, I would see it in videos or even the way I can like move my chest, I would suppress so much of it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, you have to do the work and you have to feel through the pain. I would be in denial of the pain because I didn't want to feel it. Mm. But when you open your heart up to feel through that pain and take the time to cry on it and accept like, wow, this happened to me and that sucked. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like pain is probably the most powerful teacher in really redirecting us to a place of purpose. Yeah fulfillment, pleasure, joy, because if you never really experience the pain and sit with it, it's always going to rear its ugly head. You can't just keep sweeping it under the rug, right? And that's what most people do. They numb themselves, right, Kim? Like most people, 
they go through a hard breakup, they get fired from a job, their sports team loses a game, and what do they do? They drink their sorrows away. They numb themselves. So they don't have to experience that loss. So they don't have to experience that pain. And ultimately, when you do that, and you continue suppressing and repressing all of these feelings and emotions, you are causing massive amounts of inflammation to your nervous system. And you're just going to continue these patterns. You're going to lose any level of self-esteem and confidence that you may have because now you're just treating yourself like shit. And you're not actually addressing the root cause of the issue. You're not being vulnerable with yourself to sit with that. And you're not working towards taking yourself out of that victim mentality either. Because you're just covering it. Yeah, talk a little bit more about the victim mentality. <laughs> because that that's something that I think, I mean, I definitely like, and, and I, I, I really have the mindset of like, I'm in full creator mode. Like I'm responsible and accountable for everything in my life. And I still yeah. find myself at times falling into that. Like, oh, poor me. Like, why is this happening? Like that person fucked up, whatever it may be. So like, how do we maintain that? level of accountability so we don't fall back into the victim mentality reclaiming your power back whenever you fall into that victim mentality of thinking oh that it's that downward spiral of thoughts that's what it is it's this downward spiral of thoughts and it's so easy to think negative thought negative thought negative thought and then it goes into this train of your childhood wounding you really have to actively try and think at least one or two good things the second you catch yourself in it, it's the level of awareness that you have to grow when you get into that space. Like, hold on, Wayne. Yeah. Yes, this happened. But let me think of at least one or two good things. Like, what are one or two good, beautiful things of magic that I brought myself in this life that I created for myself? Mm. And then sit in with that. Leaning on that. Yeah, it's not always going to happen. Sometimes maybe you're in that headspace for an hour more than you want. Sometimes I get in that space for 10 hours in a day. But what matters the most is just remembering that you're doing your best. And your best doesn't mean it's perfect. It's I did my best. Yeah. Whether, speak about that all yeah. the time. Like <laughs> not chasing perfection, but really just being authentic. Yeah. And being happy that. with yourself at where you are. I know that we are somewhat limited on time and I want to make sure I want to make sure that we touch on the topic that you texted me about earlier today. Mm -hmm. Do you want to introduce the topic? Yeah, I woke up today and I just felt, hey, I don't get to see Jeremy often. This is a good time for us to catch up on life. Let's talk about polyamory, monogamy and sex, because that's something I've been exploring which also went into all of that connected to feeling secure, allowing myself to feel vulnerable, which tied into my confidence in myself and also emotional release mm. as well. So, so you've been exploring polyamory. Yeah. I've been exploring polyamory. I experienced my first play party, which in other words is a sex party out in LA and I was, it was amazing because number one, I always say I got so lucky with my first sex party. There's so many people in this community that they call lifestyle, where they say they had to experience so many shitty parties to find a right group. And I just, it was just 
given to me. <laughs> I just attracted it. So safe. Um, the specific party Zoom interviewed every person before even allowing them to buy a ticket. Mm. And they capped it out at a certain number as well. Everyone had to submit a test before attending. And after a certain time, which I think it was 10 p.m., they don't allow anyone to enter the doors after 10 p.m. because they open the doors at 8 for cocktail hour, people to check in, mingle and get to know each other. So whatever energy has been set there after 10 p.m., they don't want anyone new to come in and disturb that. Like we, they created a safe space. We create a safe space. How many people were there? For this one particularly, because of the space, it was in a mansion in Hollywood Hills. So I think it was about a hundred. A hundred. Yeah, which is fifty little, men, fifty women. No, not even a. Okay. No, it wasn't even like that. Just whoever. There wasn't a certain number of was even, like, but it, it felt balanced. Was it like straight and gay and a mix? Um. You know, I, I personally wouldn't know because I didn't get, I did not view or connect with every single person to know if they were, because the thing with these parties is not everyone is playing with each other. Some people are just straight connecting and conversing with each other or just enjoy watching or just enjoy being in that space and appreciate it. And then there's some people that are playing with each other. Cool. So there's, that's, that's good to know. So there's no, cause I've never, I've heard of these, obviously I've never been to one. So Mm. at these parties, like. It's not necessary. It's not because when I think of like a sex party, right? Mm-hmm. I just visualize like everyone around <laughs> me just fucking, <laughs> just like women bent over, just getting it, like like people f- hanging from the ceiling, just <laughs> getting it in. So it's not like that. I mean, there's parts of it that are, but there's also other parts <laughs> where it's not. It's whatever you make it. They're like the number one. The biggest thing I do want to say about it is. They're very big on consent. Everyone's big on consent. So before we even begin to open up the time to allow for the playtime, the first thing they do is talk about consent. So everyone's on the same page. So yeah. that's good to know though, because now I know. So like if I wanted to go and just like observe and like maybe be open to the possibility, mm-hmm. that's cool. There's no like pressure where it's like Nope. That's that's good to know. Not at all. You can even just even if you want to go as far as to just cuddling naked. Cool. Like and there are moments of that. There were moments of like a group sex. I experienced my first girl that I liked and then I learned, wow, I essentially like girls. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Such a life. And yeah, there were moments where it could just be me and my lover that I went with. That was my date. Or there's moments where Um, this is where the polyamory exploration part came in. I would watch him, not even watch, but I just knew that he'd be next to me engaging with another girl. And he would talk to me beforehand, just a very simple, like, Hey, I want to connect with this girl. Just want to let you know if that's, if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, I am. Go ahead. And he's just going at it. And I'm like, Oh, that's nice. And I'm just here cuddling with three people, just conversing, just having deep conversations with them while he's going at it. When you say going at it. Oh, he's straight up. He's fucking her. First, they're talking deep and then they're making out and then they're fucking. And I'm just like, you're doing great, sweetie. Great job. Back to my deep conversation with you. Where are you from? Tell me your story. Talking here. And the was next that, thing I know. Was that challenging for you or did that kind of just come naturally? I was so shocked, Jeremy. It came effortlessly. Before going into this party, I even thought to myself, I don't feel any sense of nervousness. What's going to happen when I get in there? How will I feel? How will I integrate in this? It's all so new to me. 
because before that I had only experienced one group sex before, which was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I even thought like, what's, how will I integrate in this? But everything came so natural and effortless. And I think what really helped the most was that everyone was so respectful. Mm. There wasn't a pressure to do anything. I didn't feel disrespected or the pressure to engage. No one came on to me so strong. No one touched me without asking me. It was beautiful. So it sounds actually like how it should be when you go out. I mean, not just like naked cuddle puddles in, in the middle of the club, <laughs> which would be kind of amazing. But, uh, but Safe no, containers. Like, but like, but yeah, like that level of, that level of kind of communication and respect and cultivating that intimacy. So do you think after this exploration, these experiences, like, are you just going to continue flowing with the polyamory lifestyle and see how that flows? It's definitely still an interest of mine, yes. So I've been going in between these two states, you know. Um, My last two, and this is my healing too, my last two committed relationships didn't accept me fully authentically as I was. Mm. And then following after that, the men I've dated who did fully accept me authentically as I am have just not been ready for commitment. So I'm learning to find this balance between Mm. the two. And I'm even, I still think myself, like, am I meant for monogamy or am I meant for polyamory? But I think what I'm coming to terms with learning now recently is it's what I make it to be. Because with open relationships and polyamory, you set your boundaries how you want. You talk about what you're okay with. And what I love the most about it is you learn so much of yourself. There's this whole deep other side of level of growth that ties back into your wounding too, because it's learning to feel comfortable and okay and safe with speaking your truth and how you feel Mm. with that partner or with the person and not being ashamed of it. I know we have to wrap up here. I really want to fucking (laughs) know more because like it, it, I might have to edit this part out, but like, I'm going to be fully honest. Yeah. Right. So like I'm in a relationship and I love my partner. Like she's incredible. And like, like I love her. And part of me also wants to explore. I know she definitely does not want to do any of that. Like she would flip the fuck out if I did anything with anyone else. Right. And I'm just like, I'm like, how do I navigate this situation? Like maybe there's a possibility. I I just don't think it's something she'd be open to. What's resisting you from even opening the conversation and expressing that? I've like mentioned it. Yeah. But like, she's the type of person that if like she sees me like flirting or just like having a conversation with a girl that I'm friends with, like there's still some wounds there. Yeah. Right. But like I, know that we all have different shit right yeah um yeah it's 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 a toughie because i'm trying <laughs> after like the way you describe it and and i i honestly not it's not even for me like i have a desire to just fuck a bunch of girls i yeah, really it's just not want, like that at all no and i i really just want to like be exposed to like these different things that i've never 
been to. I just think it's part of this human experience. It's like, yes, when I have a wife and kids, like I'm not going to be going to fucking sex parties in an LA mansion. How do you know that? I might be. And that would be fucking cool. You're right. I should not think so narrow mindedly. Yeah. Maybe I will be married. Maybe my kids will be like, no, nah, they're not going to come to the sex party. <laughs> no, your kids are not going to come to the sex Wait, party. Real quick, but before, <laughs> before we end, and we'll definitely have to do a round two, Kim, what's the age range of like the people there? Is it like pretty uh, Well, I, th for this one, it wasn't like old people, but there was people my age, which I am 29. I'm 29. So there's people around my age. There's people in their the late side? 30s. I would say so, yeah. Because some of these people have, I would say some of the people there were mid 30s, late 30s. Some of them might have even been early 40s, but I couldn't tell. Maybe they just look that damn good. However, they great skin regimen to them. You know, whatever they're doing, mind, body, spirit. But I couldn't say that I saw someone there that evidently looked 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evidently look 50. And sex keeps you younger. It's more vital. Like, if you, it takes energy. Yeah. It takes muscle. It takes fitness. It takes some level of health to be able to please your partner and make love in an <laughs> adequate way. But unfortunately, Kim, we live in an era where men's testosterone levels are plummeting. Their fertility rates are plummeting. Are they? Yes. Maybe not the men you've been hanging out I with. I had no idea. But yes. So this is a message to all the men out there. This is one of the best ways to know if you're a healthy man. You might not know about this. Love. If you wake up in the morning and your soldier is saluting you, that means... You have good blood flow. If you have good blood flow there, chances are you have good blood flow to your brain. You have good blood flow throughout your body. And heart disease is the number one killer in America. So if you wake up with morning wood, chances are you're a healthy man. You're not going to get heart disease and you're on the right path. Two thumbs up. Keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, sorry for that tangent, Kim. We're going to end for real. Uh, <laughs> I would you hope you you are a healthy man and you wake up with a hello most morning. Days, most days. Good. Not every Good. day, but like most days. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you want to how do you want to end this? Do you have like a final message that you feel inspired to share with the world? A final message that I would feel inspired to share with the world would be. Continue working on yourself because. It can be easy to get lost. Sometimes we really want to please others because we're scared, because we so want to be like, we so want to be loved. But the more you continue to work on yourself while maintaining and developing your awareness, the more you heal yourself and the more that allows you to be living in your full authenticity, which means speaking up for yourself mm. and opening your heart, letting the guards down and releasing that sh guilt, that fear and that guilt. And it's not about being perfect. It's about doing your best every day. Mm, hey, I'm fucking inspired by the one and only Kimberly motherfucking Kong. Yes, that's her real name. Kim, where can they find you on social? If they want to book you, if they want to um, just follow your journey, where can they follow you? You guys can absolutely follow me on at Miss MS period. Kim, K-I-M-K-O-N-G, Kong, Miss Kim Kong. And my website is www.kimkongofficial.com. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, let's connect. Let's get that honey drip official content. Let's go. Hey, much love, everybody. <laughs>
Oh my goodness, you made it until the end of this podcast. And I'm so grateful for you just really committing to your health and to your transformation. So just take a moment to appreciate and acknowledge yourself for making it until the end. And I really hope that you take at least one thing that you heard today and implement it into your life because knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. It requires you to take action and implement these different practices and principles into your life. And I'm here to support you every step of the way. So again, word of mouth is my oxygen. I don't do this for money. I just do it to cultivate community and help you enrich your life. So if you gain value from the show, share it with a friend, share it on your Instagram story, tag me at Coach Jeremy 305. And if you want to see the video version of this episode, go check out our YouTube channel because again, when you see things, sometimes it brings them to life and you can really see different parts of this conversation and the relationship dynamic with each guest. So again, fam, thank you. Thank you so much. You already know what time it is. It's time to take action on your dreams and thrive.